actually won the election. It depends on whether you look at the popular vote or the electoral college. While sometimes they coincide, many times they do not. The book, Fault Lines in Our Constitution, written by Cynthia and Stanford Levinson says, During the U.S. presidential elections, two types of votes are tallied. The popular vote, which is the voice of the people, and the electoral votes, which are lump sums of votes added up and all counted for one candidate. The electoral votes and the electoral college is a very outdated system that was created when mail was still delivered by horses and when people were ignorant of relevant information. People don't know if the electoral college is corrupt or legitimate, and people's individual voices and votes are not counted. The time has come for everyone's voices to be heard and for things to change. Here is Mr. Moss giving a quick explanation of the Electoral College. Understand the Electoral College. So, it's not a real college made out of brick and mortar. It's a collection of electors, people that are picked by the party. Um, and in this case, Republican and Democrat. That didn't exist back in 1787. But Republican and Democrat, each state gets to decide their own party laws on how they pick their electors. It's usually a spoil system, so we're going to pick the most faithful person, you know, in the Democratic Kansas Party or the Republican Party. So you get to be electors. All right. So what they do is every state is allowed X amount of electoral votes, and you get those by how many congressmen you have altogether. Mm -hmm. So there's two senators, no matter how big you are, Vermont, New Hampshire, Texas, California, two senators. And then your representative seats are based off of population. So Sadly, the Electoral College is a very outdated system. Its main purpose was to make sure that the North Industrial did not outweigh the Southern Rural Community or the other way around. Now, we still have urban and rural areas throughout our country, but it's not so divided by that. The true meaning of the Electoral College had to do with sexualism and regionalism and representing each state rather than representing the individual people. We do not really have that issue anymore. Now it is more Republican versus Democrat. The Electoral College is no longer functioning how the Founding Fathers had originally envisioned. Here is Miss Giffen talking about how the Founding Fathers might interpret our use of the Electoral College and our society today. I, I think they would be surprised at where we are technology-wise. And so maybe that they would be surprised that it's unnecessary. There is also now the feeling that the Electoral College may be a corrupt system that is truly not working for our country. You must always beg the question, are people just going to stick with what's benefiting them? Archives.com says that over the past 200 years, more than 700 proposals have been introduced in Congress to reform or eliminate the Electoral College. There have been more proposals for constitutional amendments on changing the Electoral College than any other subject. This shows that people are not wanting to pass a change since it's benefiting one particular party instead of the whole country. For example, what about gerrymandering and district lines? There has been and always will be, if we stick with our current way of using the Electoral College, some sort of gerrymandering when it comes to swing states and drawing district lines. According to History.com, if one candidate wins by a large percentages in a handful of very populous states, for example, they'll probably win the popular vote. But if their opponent wins in a bunch of smaller states by tight margins, 
he or she could still win the Electoral College. In 1824, 1876, 1888, 2000, and 2016 are times that the presidents who lost the popular vote actually continued to win the election because of the Electoral College. Relating it back to the system and how the Electoral College was designed, that is five times too many. Finally, President Grant invited him to the White House and said, you know, I'm out of here. You guys want to figure this out? And what they did was they basically made a back deal strike where, struck, struck a deal where it was, we'll allow Hayes, the Republican, to be president, but he has to end Reconstruction. People's voices have not been heard or counted in the past, and we have altered and allowed chains to adjust our system to better fit and for it to better work for the people. So few got to vote. Mm -hmm. You were the well-bred, educated, land-owning, white men. <laughs> we're running everything. There's no way you're going to turn that power over anybody, which would kind of supersede them. And so this compromise that was made was really just about how can you make sure that, you know, the people don't choose somebody wrong? And so you put that in with the indirect kind of deal. Now, we have changed other indirect kind of things. We talk about the senators used to be chosen by uh, the state houses as opposed to a direct election by the people. We have previously been able to adapt and accommodate for our growing and changing society. So many things have changed since the founding founding fathers have written the Constitution, so why should our way of government not be able to change as well? We are not the same country as we used to be. But here's the thing, we are not the same country we were. Mm -hmm. You've got modern technology, we are smaller when you think about communication, more people are able to vote, That's you know, all those requirements are gone. Yeah. Like Miss Giffen is saying, we no longer have the same mindset that we used to. We used to have people, mainly minorities, have literacy tests to even be allowed to vote. This was abolished by the Voting Rights Act of 1965 and shows that we are a country willing to accept change for the greater good. Now getting back to the one person, one vote. There are so many ways that the Electoral College could potentially impede a person's inalienable rights, blocking them from having their vote count. For example, the weight of your votes in your state. The AP exam board says, Alaska, a very small state, has far fewer residents per electoral vote than the national average. So individual votes cast in Alaska count more than the national average. Twice as much, in fact. Because we have to maintain the amount of total representatives and electoral votes, some places votes weigh heavier in the electoral college. This can technically screw people out of their votes by having people in California's votes count at about 84% of the national average, whereas in Alaska, it is 242% of the national average. It can never be completely fair and equal, but it can sure be a lot closer than those percentages. There was a time and place for the Electoral College, and that time was when the Founding Fathers were first creating our democracy. It was a trial run and they had no idea what was going to work and what was not. They came to the conclusion of having an electoral college for our presidential elections. It was rocky from the very start and had continuing issues along the way. We've had so many changes for the better in our society and our government should be able to do the same. There is so much room for improvement. The system is extremely outdated. 
we are no longer sure if it's corrupt or legitimate, and most importantly, the people's voices aren't being heard and their votes aren't being counted. There are, these are all plenty reasons for change. It is now time for the people to get what they've been asking for for centuries and have the Electoral College adapted with the American people in mind.